Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening. I'm Paul Edwards, and I am one of the folks involved in Tuesday Topics. Uh, we have some, some new people uh, involved with us this evening. Our um, hostess with the mostess is, uh, is tell us who you are. Allison Smitherman. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Miss Allison. Hi. Hello. And we're glad to have you. Um, Thank you. Glad Marian's, to be here. Marion's off in vacation land. And uh, and Rick is uh, is doing something else for ACB, so we do still have our regular streamer, Mr. Larry. How are you, sir? Oh, sorry. <laughs> broadcast it's school. Getting... It's broadcast school one hundred and one. Says turn the microphone up first. Yes, I did, yeah. and I'll say what I just said. I'm good. How are you, Paul? and and of course we have our co-host mr brian charleston hey brian hey there Uh, you know larry i went to the same broadcasting school you went to apparently Uh, yeah it is well actually it's on the side but it can also be on the left it depends on which school yes right yeah there you go i I want to see your badges (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we'll see if we get through both of our topics tonight, Mr. Brian. I, I, I am. Um, s- some folks have have already found this a little strange. So let let's go to the to the first topic, which has to do with um, with special interest affiliates and and their value. Um, I started out by um, writing about an organization we have in Florida called the Council for the Concerns of the Totally Blind, um, which, which got formed several years ago for reasons that I think are beyond the, the, the scope of this show. But it actually did identify that, that it was necessary to create a special interest affiliate to look after the interests of the totally blind. Um, and of course, Part of the reason that they felt like they ought to do this is because there is, or there was in Florida at that time, a very large organization called the Florida uh, Council of Citizens with Low Vision. Um, And that chapter, at one point, believe it or not, in Florida had almost 700 members. (laughs) Um, Which is why... that would seem to- a little overpowering, wouldn't it? Yes, it's why the it's why the totally blind folks felt like they needed a chapter of their own, and it and it also caused the Florida Council of the Blind to completely rewrite its constitution. But there, thereby hangs another story. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, we have lots of special interest affiliates. We have special interest affiliates that deal with. Uh, uh, with folks who are gay, we have special interest affiliates that deal with uh, with uh, in individuals who are um, library users, with individuals who are braille readers. Uh, you know, do do we have too many special interest affiliates? Are special interest affiliates good for ACB or are they bad for ACB? 
So those are some of the things that, that I thought were involved with, with the first organization. And, what's, and I guess the, the other thing that I was thinking about is what are, what's the impact of having these organizations on ACB? Um, is it a positive one or is, or is it a negative one? Um, in, in, at the time of community calls, are there... Are there changes that have occurred that make special interest affiliates either better or worse? So those are some of the questions. I'm I'm going to turn back the hands of time, Paul. Because when ACB was originally founded, Mm -hmm. it was founded by state organizations who gathered together to create the organization. And it was under the leadership of Derwood K. McDaniel, um, who was the, not the president, he was, what did they call him, the national representative at the time, right? He was. That he traveled the country uh, basically doing membership recruitment. Uh, and I believe the concept of the special interest affiliate was at least partially his brainchild as a means of bringing people into the organization based on a specific passion they held. Right, so and, and the, people who by might By the time not I joined, join, it was not. Yeah. yeah, would not join otherwise, right? Yeah, would probably would not, not join as, as state affiliates, probably. Right, would not yep. necessarily join. And remember that the country in the early days did not have a state affiliate in every state. Oh, so no. if you were going to get some of them involved, then there wasn't a way for them to join the state affiliate. So they would join one of these national special interest affiliates. I I was curious whether you remember uh, during your time as president, uh, or for that matter, on the board, when the national office, a national office, I mean, the national board would accept through uh, the executive director or the, whoever's whatever the title given to that position at the time had submitted to them a constitution, a list of members, and uh, a check for their national dues. Mm-hmm. And then the board would, at the recommendation of the national representative slash executive director, um, accept that or not and I do remember. become a special interest affiliate yep, so do you do remember, remember a few that came in in your your day <laughs> well um See, i can pull, i can say those kind of things because we're of the same era we are so so b flag was one that that came along um during our presidency vice presidency um and before that uh, uh, you know i think there was a there was a big period of formation that went back to the beginning of the 80s and then after that i think i think things kind of slowed down because right at, at the beginning of the 80s we created brl um one of the amazing things was i think i was its second president and i'm still involved <laughs> um yes. but but I also library users came along virtually immediately after that um and and of and of course what it 
wasn't called bits then. Do you remember what was it called? I don't remember to be honest with you, but they did have a name change, as did B Flag. Um, yes. So, so, uh, but but it's interesting because when when it was formed, bits was was very much uh, was very much a, an organization that only wanted computer programmers in it and people who worked directly in the computer business. They didn't they didn't want neophytes and ordinary people like you and I. Well, you could probably have gotten in, but they certainly didn't want me involved. <laughs> Yeah, I was the shady underbelly of yeah. technology in that day, being associated not as a programmer, but as a trainer in access technology. And then do you remember when a committee converted into a special interest affiliate and who that was? Uh, I do. Um, Friends in art. Art, yep, yep. <clears throat> And and there were there were some other there were some other committees that that did too I think later on I'm trying to think which one there's a, there's another one but anyway doesn't matter anyway so this is not something that was quote in the original constitution no it was added to the constitution and. It did throw a few wrinkles into the original concept of ACB, because this is where we started to get one person being a member of multiple affiliates. At one point, I was a member of one state affiliate. No, pardon me. Two state affiliates. The one uh, that I grew up in out in Oregon Mm -hmm. and one that I moved into out here in Massachusetts. And I Mm -hmm. maintained by sending in my dues, et cetera, for both. And neither of the constitutions required that you had to be a resident of the state to be a member of that state affiliate. And then special interest affiliates, guide dog users, uh, you know, the tech group, whatever they were called in the day. Um, and uh, I can't remember all the rest of them. BRL was probably one of them. Lewis certainly was one of them. So now, where did one person, one vote go in that whole process, right? Um, and the well, craziness and, on the floor of trying right. to run to the representative of your special interest affiliates to tell them how you would like them to cast the affiliate votes for that and there special was all, interest affiliate. Uh, and there were all kinds of um, assertions that were made, particularly by, by state affiliate champions that special interest affiliates were having this huge impact on elections it really wasn't true um but nevertheless it's what people thought um because they thought that since since they generally there wasn't generally an easy place to find special interest affiliate delegates that they essentially voted however they felt like voting that delegate would Whoever yeah, represented that affiliate. Yeah, and and that, and 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 that they could be encouraged to vote that way, by by some inducement or other. Uh, I, I I need to say usually not money, <clears throat> but other things sometimes came into play, um, like, like being involved in a committee that they wanted to be involved with. Yes, that uh-huh. kind of thing. Yep. So 
all of that, I think, is pretty true. And you were saying that they affected uh, voting. And my good friend and past, um, what would you call him? Uh, he, he was the equivalent of our CFO before we used that mm -hmm. title. Jim uh, Olson. Yep. Olson. Anyway, mm -hmm. he assured me because one of his roles for many, many years was handling the tallies during elections. Yeah. That CFO does all, that now too. Yeah, absolutely. And they, they continue to assert, and I see no reason to disbelieve them, that uh, the, if we did not have special interest affiliates, if they did not vote at all, and it was just the state affiliates and those present, that the end result would not differ from what the end results were when both entities were. So they pretty much offset one another uh, and it didn't affect the outcome. Uh, so so the, so the question is if, if I, and I think there's, they have indicated there have been two votes in the history of ACB that were different. Yeah, and, very few, very yeah. few. And if if that's the case, there are two there are two ways of arguing. We could argue that they don't impact the the elections, so why not keep them? Or we could argue they don't impact the elections, so why not do away with them? <laughs> yeah, works both ways, doesn't it? So it does do you, I? I remember the FIA discussion. I was on the board at the time, um, and FIA brought its its. Uh, constitution its list of members and its dues and fia fans and i've been an on and off member of that affiliate for a number of years and look forward to the annual friends in art showcase uh, but i voted no mm -hmm. uh, that time my concern was that the value I felt of a special interest affiliate was to bring a different angle to issues that affect blind people. And FIA, at that point at least, was 99% the showcase. Mm -hmm. They were not professional artists feeling that they needed some... Uh, recognition that their blindness affects their career uh, it was primarily art those who appreciated the arts in one form or another mm -hmm. uh, and so i just didn't see why that ray that that rose to a level that we should embrace them as a special interest affiliate i can see easily why people in particular professions federal employees, lawyers, students, teachers, um, small business owners, Randolph Shepard vendors, all of those entities have unique needs that is their primary concern mm -hmm. um, as blind people. Makes perfectly good sense to me. Then you start to reach out to other things such as Braille Revival League, Library Users of America, uh, 
B flag, um, CCLVI, FIA, CCLVI, <laughs> all of all of them. Now, are we uh, going a little bit over the top when it comes to special interest affiliates? My my reaction to that is, it's easy for me to see what makes so, low vision interests different. So than, so than so I, re I remembered which group was a committee that became a, a special interest affiliate, and and I'm still not sure if they made the right decision, though, though they think they did. Um, and it's an interesting group because it's interesting to know where they fit into the price of cheese, ah, yes. and that's next gen. Yes, that's that's another one I wanted to be sure we talked about a bit <clears> in this <throat> conversation. But what other than a professional thing, what right. other type of issue ought to rise to the level of needing within the organization a subgroup promoting uh, the importance of their issues to the national organization or where they can bring something to the blindness community as an affiliate that they I, would have difficult time doing uh, simply as a committee or a task force. Yeah, it's a good question. Now, would you, would you consider the creation of a group of at large members as a special interest affiliate an appropriate thing to do uh, you know I, i've been asking myself that same question um for some time because it looks like it's My, it's it's something that people are at least thinking about yeah i gotcha well again um because Right now, anybody who's a member at large of ACB has their own vote, mm -hmm. but they do not have the benefit of their collective interest uh, in an affiliate vote, where they get, you know, one twenty-fifth <laughs> or whatever right. of additional vote, right? Yep. Um, and to promote the idea, for that matter, that more people should join as members at large rather than feeling obligated uh, to affiliate with one of the existing affiliates. It's a difficult thing. This is not a black and white kind of scenario. For me, one of the other ones that concerns me is next gen. Yep. Uh, I'm not referring to the people who are there now necessarily, because you know the next gen has been around long enough that there's been you know, multiple changes in leadership over that period of time. But at the time, it's, it, and they, they spoke to me uh, and many, many others about why they felt the need for this affiliate. It was because they felt that the existing affiliates were not giving them an opportunity to grow <laughs> as leaders in the organization. And and that improved, included state affiliates and special interest affiliates. I oh, mean, yeah. they were it, it was, they were essentially pointing the finger at everybody, and 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 they also said that a lot of the programs that were being offered by all these organizations were were for old fuddy duddies and 
weren't things that interested young people. So, Right. And they were looking for a way to graduate, if you will, from the student affiliate mm -hmm. on into a post-college relationship with people of a similar age and interest mm -hmm. and life experience. Yep. Uh, and felt that the only way they were going to get experience in leading, in leadership in general, mm -hmm. was to create an affiliate. I, I, I'm going to ask a, a question in a slightly different way. Uh, you worked at Miami-Dade College, Community mm -hmm. College, for many years. They had Guilty. a student union there? We did. With a student government? Yes. And was there anything like a Hispanic student union or a there, black student union? There were both, and there was a disabled one. Right. And do you think that that divided the college or not? Um, I, I, I think in that particular case, because because student government is pretty narrow, a pretty narrow practice, and I think that what the existence of of Hispanic heritage organizations and the existence of Black organizations and the existence of disability organizations created a, an ability to get to the governance, the student government, where people were elected. Um, issues that that needed to be dealt with by student government that concerned these these groups so um yeah i i i actually think there were there were advantages to having the organizations they were very hard um they were very hard to maintain um you know you would you'd, you'd have people who were interested in them for a year or two and then they would <clears throat> finish at the college and it was very hard to to enable them to maintain themselves. Yeah, continuity, difficult yep, thing. It's a to big do, issue uh, in such a situation. And we've seen similar with some of the smaller special interest affiliates in yep. ACB. In fact, we've seen some of them simply go away. Exactly. Well, you know, uh, there's um, what government employees that every once in a while get close to not existing i think um, they're they're they've been close to not existing now for about the last five or six years i guess exactly um, yeah. yeah um but, uh, but we had secretarial uh, transcribers we did and we had social workers and, and they've and we had both social workers, yeah. gone the way of all flesh so um i know that that terry pacheco had her hand up and she has to leave later oh please. so i think i should i think if we can, um, Miss Allison, I think we should see if we can get let Terry Pacheco talk so she doesn't stay mad at me for longer than a year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Terry. Oh, goodness. Hey, both of you. Um, several little points that came up along here that I was sitting here doing the counterpoints on. Yeah. Um, one in particular is let's go back to the beginning here with the Council of Concerns for of the totally totally blind. blind. Yeah. And the whole that whole thing. Um that whole situation. 
back then. You felt that that was that that might not be relevant, really, the history of that to this call. I think it's very relevant because I think the what was the really saddest part of all of that situation when it took place is that the other affiliates didn't have didn't didn't learn from that from CCLV of, of Florida that what a p- wonderful way to increase their membership. Uh-huh. And other, you know, it, it to me it was shameful that the that so many other affiliates did not follow in the same footsteps. Of, well, and, of it, and unfortunately, yeah, and unfortunately, it didn't last. I mean, that's that's the sad part. It didn't last, but why didn't it last? Um, it, I, I, it didn't last because nobody picked up after 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 she got so so beaten down over doing such a terrible thing that nobody picked up afterward yeah. to to re to renew those those memberships. Yeah, That's I think I I, I I I think I partly agree with that. And I and I partly don't. I I think that um I you know I I I think that that by the time by the time that that a year had passed I I think that she had decided, um, and, uh, and we're we're in case people don't know, we're talking about a a a lady who did a lot for FCB named Rosanna Lippin. I think she had decided that um, that the way she had handled the power that she got was inappropriate and wanted wanted to back away from it. So I, I think there were some good reasons as well as some bad reasons. why There she were some good and some bad because she got pretty knocked down about it in Florida. Sure. She also got pretty knocked down about it by CCLVI. Exactly. Um, and its leadership at that time. Um, and that's something, and, but still, to, for someone to go out, or for any group, not one person, but for any group to go out and manage to bring in 600 new members in one year, is an amazing accomplishment that and, and I think a lot of our affiliates sure. to this day could learn from. It. Well, and it and it and 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 one of the things it demonstrates is is that the folks are out there if you find the right way to look for them. Exactly. Exactly. So, so uh, yeah. Moving on to our next that. topic. Yes. Moving on to our next topic, a very minor one for the two of you. <laughs> Visually impaired data processors of America. VidPi. VidPi. Yeah. Good old VidPi, yes. <laughs> and actually, as I recall, now I could be wrong because I wasn't really involved with either one of them at the time. Vista and VidPi kind of sort of merged. Primarily because of, um, uh, primarily one of the people who was really pushing that was MJ Schmidt at the time because she was in both of them. I think she was yeah. president of both of them at the time. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think you're probably accurate about that. Yep, I, I would agree with that. As far and, as the voting is concerned, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be in a rush, but I do need to no, get on. Other things. Yep. Because, yeah, go. Well, we do, because Council of Citizens with Low Vision's monthly call is, uh, let's talk, Low Vision is on tonight. But beyond that, I have to get back to some other very difficult situation here at home today. Oh, we, lost, we lost Rudolph today. Oh, no. Uh, sorry. Yeah. And That's so hard, hard, hard. 
Mm. Yeah, it's not a good night around here. So you gave me something good to 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 vent my anger on. Was <laughs> <laughs> as far oh. as the voting is concerned. First of all, I don't. Number one, I don't think that the voting should be. I think the voting needs to be a very very secondary <clears throat> question as to the need of special interest of affiliates right. in general. Yeah. Um, as far as it is concerned, though, there a lot of what Jim, what Brian mentioned about Jim Olson and such about the affiliate votes is you also have to remember that back in those days, our convention was set up in a very different way. And our special interest affiliates primarily met the first half of the week. And those people who had the passion for those various whether they were professional or leisure um, affiliates right. were gone, were gone by the time elections came around um, because the elections were at the end of the week. So why, you know, I mean, that, that I, I, was why I th- we I think split, a few was, of them were, I don't, I, I don't think a lot, a lot of, them of them, a lot of them were and that. If you remember back, that's why we rearranged why the organization right. rearranged the scheduling of convention for the ACB to be every morning and for the uh, for the affiliates to have the afternoons. Yeah. And that so that it would level people off more so that we would have more level numbers throughout the week. Um, as far as it was something else about the affiliates. Oh, friends and art. Brian, I completely disagree with you on the early stages of friends and art. Friends and Art, back in its earliest days, I'm going back, well, at least in 1980, 82, in that area. People who were, many of the people who were involved with Friends and Art in those days were professional artists. Right. And that, and they used to, we, they used to bring their work to convention to sell it there even. Um, and, yep. and a lot of it did have to do with they did have a lot of issues as blind artists and such. I know one that was very, very, um, I don't remember whether you had come to Massachusetts in time to ever know him or not, was Merrill Maynard. Merrill was an artist. He was also a poet uh, and that, but he used to bring his artwork along with several of the, the couple whose names are completely escaping me from Iowa. Um, and several people. That's how the art parlor, as I have always understood it, really came into being, was because they would be bringing their artwork to the organization, to the organization, um, both for exhibition purposes and purchase. And so that's just a little bit of additional information about FYA. And with that, as far as CCLVI is concerned. Um, Yes, I do think that because there are so many differences in in some and virtually every factor of life between people who are totally blind and people with varying levels of vision. Right. And so, yes, I do think we need to have the two organizations. Yeah, um, oh, I, I, to I have the, it's not two organizations. But to have CCLVI uh, throughout, you know, and, and ideally throughout the country. Do, do you, uh, do, actually, do you think? 
it and you, it and Alliance and Aging and Vision Loss should be absolutely enormous organizations. They should. Do you think? Do you think that that we should go all over the countryside trying to form uh, councils for the concerns of the totally blind? I think that we have a council. I think we have the equivalent of a council for the concerns of the totally blind in that it's called the American Council of the Blind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, Terry, um, and do, that's, do you I see- mean, that, that's basically that had a lot to do with the beginnings of CCLVI. Sure. Was because, because everything was just totally blind. Well, or- and, and, and historically, there have not been. There have not been a lot of low vision people on 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 the ACB board. That's you right. Know, the, I mean, the fact is, there are what two two of two of you on the ACB board now, maybe three. Probably something like that. I haven't kept count. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I know. Yeah, that I, I remember the year that I tried to introduce a resolution that there should be one person with low vision on the BOP, and I must get strung up by my toenails. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in the dangerous late 90s stuff. Was such a, yeah, that was a really rough one back in the mid mid to late nineties. It was like so. Do you see any disadvantages to special interest affiliates? Um, I don't think I, I, I a few, but nothing that jumps out at me. I think one of the things that's good about a special interest affiliate is. Um, I think it's good for people who have a passion or a strong interest in a particular area to be able to use their interest and uh, to be able to use their energy to move that interest forward. And their state affiliate may or may not be as interested in it as as a special interest affiliate would be, if Very that makes good. sense. So I I'm going to give... It. And with that, I will get out of your yep. way and yep. wish you well yep. with this. So I, I, so I only have six months of uh, of uh, live standing in the corner. <laughs> you read my text. Huh? <laughs> oh, of course I read your text. <laughs> so, Carrie, I want to make a couple of things clear. Um, one is I'm not against special interest affiliates. I didn't I do, think you were. <laughs> I, I, and I do believe that there are good reasons for special interest affiliates. I also worry <clears throat> when, when there starts to become a feeling of us and them within right. the organization. So that's, there's you been know. a lot of that in, in ACB. <clears throat> sure. Well, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, and what, and some of the bigger affiliates uh, in ACB have uh, been part of that whole uh, set of sure. brighter patch. Um, I mean, when there, there, there RSVA, were a lot of yep. RSVA, the vendors themselves were not at all happy when the convention went a full week. Um, yeah, right. because when they weren't. When they were at the convention, they weren't back home making money. bills. You know, yeah. they weren't off on paid vacation, um, and and for them to justify the time at the ACB convention, 
they had their own mini convention within a convention, right? right. And right. other groups have taken on that same kind of activity. Example would be Guide Dog Users Incorporated, uh, a convention within the convention. BPI mm -hmm. uh, right now is a convention within a convention. Uh, is that a good thing that that happens? Uh, those individuals tend to be less directly engaged in the national organization called ACB than they are in their special interest affiliate that happens to be affiliated with ACB. Good, bad, I, I don't think anything is, I think almost everybody's wearing a gray hat these days. There's I think not you're a lot of white I hats or black I hats. Do, I think you're very right. One of the real quick thing while I'm thinking of it, since I got involved, since I've gotten involved in the, um, as their board liaison, uh, ACB government employees is back on rebuilding itself again. As a matter of fact, they hold I'm glad to hear that this, this Sunday night, next Sunday night, the twenty fifth. Yeah, I, I, I saw the people. message. Yep. Yeah, there are some good people that are getting together to really help her, help Renee. Um, that's a good thing. Get that thing going, and I think that's going to be good. You were talking about potential giant affiliates, you know, the membership growth potential. Uh, if you put together the blind employees, the Social Security Administration, and the blind employees of the Internal Revenue Service, uh, you would have a big, Cer certainly you would 10 or 15 years ago. I'm not sure you would now. Yeah, I'm thinking the oh, same thing. It's, it's, although it's still there. there. Some, there's no, there's far there are far fewer at IRS than there were. Yeah, I think that's right. And and I same thing true of Social Security. Um, yeah. Although yeah. there is some there's some some movement afoot in this year's in the upcoming year's budget to do some real good old fashioned tax based service. Um Interesting. In exactly. so it it may come back, but it's it's been gone for yeah. a number of years now. Miss Terry, thank you very much. I thank you very much. And I, you might be down to three years, but I mean, three months. <laughs> <for this>. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> so, Later, my friend. So care, we, 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 we haven't asked, uh, ask Brit or, or, or Brit, Miss <laughs> Miserman or, um, you see, I, Middle names keep coming into my head, or maiden names, maybe. Um, but anyway, we haven't we haven't asked either of you guys what what your feelings are, Mr. Larry. Do you have strong feelings about the special interest affiliate question? I'm a member of a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, I have a hard time because I've listened to most of the pro and the con about them. Mm -hmm. uh, I I think I like the fact that there are special interest affiliates, especially as it relates to things that I'm especially interested in. And I like being able to support them. And I like some of the things they do in terms of activities, uh, especially for those who may not have a chapter that they're really excited about, for instance. Mm -hmm. Some people, I know, for instance, I'm a member, of, I'm secretary and now a life member of, of ACBDA. Um, there are people in that organization who don't have a lot of alliances in terms of chapters. They just don't. Maybe they live in a rural area or maybe they just don't 
care to have a chapter. They spend a ton of time with with their special affiliate, in this case, ACBDA, and they do a lot of things with it, specifically because it's a passion. You know, for them, diabetic being a diabetic is a disease that they need to know more about. So there's an intellectual, emotional passion thing going there as well. So I would hate to see something like that given up, whether it be my particular affiliate or others to which people might have a passion for. Yep, totally agree with you. I guess I guess when I think about the special interest affiliate question, um, Terry said, you know, leave the voting out of it. Well, uh, <clears throat> how does one put this? Voting, it, it, see, I have no problem with all of that activity. I have a question as to whether or not um, a special interest affiliate should have the same standing as a state affiliate. Um, and, and, and again, if you called me two weeks from now, I'd feel the other way around. I mean, I am not by any means wedded to one or the other, but I, I mean, do think it is a conundrum when it comes to the concept of uh, one man, one vote. Pardon me, one person, one vote. I, well, I think there have there have been proposals that that have gone around in ACB that special interest affiliates have their votes cut in half. <clears throat> um, and uh, you know, uh, because it doesn't make any difference, I frankly wouldn't care. But I think it's it it's a paranoid sort of thing to do. Um, you know, I I I think there there. There are some cons with regard to special interest affiliates. Um, I think I think there are five that that I would uh, draw attention to, and then we're going to open this up again. Um, the the first one is that we have not done a good job of trying to determine how state affiliations of special interest organizations ought to be treated within the state and by national special interest affiliates organizations. So I think that whole question is one that is that is impacting both state and special interest affiliates and and may well be negatively impacting both. Um, so so that's one con. I think the second one is special interest affiliates are are actually doing a lot more between conventions and really have been since just before the pandemic started and there are there are a lot of special interest affiliates who have been who have been doing pretty regular meetings for five or six years and which which I think has made a huge difference in terms of their popularity. So unlike most state affiliates, special interest affiliates are growing. Um, at the same time, when state affiliates are not, that would never have happened um, 30 or 35 years ago. Um, state affiliates, uh, state affiliates then were all powerful. There were there were loads and loads that had 25 votes that they certainly don't know. I don't think there is a single state affiliate that does have 25 votes anymore. Um, so 
that's but it's really a con of special interest affiliates in that in that they're they're giving people the choice of of uh, joining special interest affiliates and not becoming a member of state affiliates, which I think, which I think may not necessarily be a good thing. Third con is is I think special interest affiliates um, discourage some of the involvement that would otherwise be available for state affiliates, and I think there are a lot of people who choose to become actively involved in special interest affiliates, who choose not to be um, as involved as they would otherwise probably have been in their state affiliates. And not to, not to take too long over this fourth thing, the fourth con I think is that um, special interest affiliates um, become pressure groups that encourage ACB to move in certain directions. And I, I'm not sure, I think it's a, it's a debatable issue, whether a strong special interest affiliate by its, its existence and by the way that it can mobilize members on particular issues um, doesn't perhaps exert undue influence um, over the organization as a whole. Though it's, I think, pretty debatable and last but but not least i think i think the final con that i would point out about special interest affiliates is that they they tend to create a, a situation in acb uh where special interest affiliates uh are working on particular issues and concerns um which often doesn't make them available to work on national issues um, that ACB is interested in because they're much more interested in, in working on the issues that directly concern them. And, and I think there are some particular affiliates for, for, for which this, this applies more than for others. But those are some of the cons that, that, that I think. And Brian, since I've been talking for a long time, I'll give you a little bit of a chance to respond to that. But then let's open it up and let's open it up while you guys think about it. Let's open it up to CCLVI people if people want to talk before they go on to the other meeting. Mr. Brian. So simply said, um, your downside, if you will, of special interest affiliates almost all of them have the other side of the coin associated yep. with them and sure. i think it'd be uh pretty <laughs> half full half empty. pretty blind of us to uh, turn a blind eye to yeah whatever <laughs> that we shouldn't <laughs> turn a blind eye to the idea that virtually anything we might do has that aspect to it There'll be the positive side and the negative side to that. I think one of the problems that should be on your list, and you said it in a way, I guess, is if ACB were to do something on the subject of mm. guide dogs, mm -hmm. um, then GDY would feel that they are the subject expert and yep. therefore ACB should only do something about guide dogs 
if GDUI supports it, not if the whole national membership supports it, but very specifically if GDUI would. CCLVI, the same situation has arisen in recent years, recent meaning 10 years, okay, uh, on who has, who is the authority on what low vision people need, for example, in terms of the font size and layout right. of the Braille form. Uh, <clears throat> and that quite created quite a brouhaha in things. We had a similar problem in technology-related things um, when the ACB National Office was trying to figure out exactly which way they were going to turn relative to uh, technology they were using in the office. And, and we had the and we had a conflict. We had a conflict oh, yes. between a national special interest affiliate and state affiliate, uh, i.e., guide dog users and the Iowa affiliate. Um, yes. over, over whether ACB um, should have gotten involved in objecting to what ACB certainly regarded as a restrictive guide dog policy in the rehab center in Iowa. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, we, we, we're not, we, we are not ourselves, you know, um, free of history. Uh, oh no! The two Hawaiian affiliates. Oh yeah. What? What did guide dog users engage in when it came to that mm -hmm. discussion? I mean, it's, right. it's it's a significant issue. So I'd love to hear from other people, not just uh, we pontificators. We yeah, I think that's right. So Miss Allison, any yes, hands? <clears throat> yes, we do have a raised hand. Uh, Jamaica, just a moment. Hey, Miss Miller. Yes. I'm not as hi there. How are you? I'm doing okay. My thing that I would like to share is that I, I, I oh, let me, let me, let me figure out how how to say this in a in an easy way. But I would like to say that I would love to see about a totally blind. Um, affiliate because I, I am totally blind and I have I have been blind since birth and mm -hmm. would and would like to be able to talk to other people that are that are um that are that, that are totally blind. Yep. And I I think also, that's a really good point to make thank you. And mm -hmm. I also want to mention that I think it's very important that when that when new people want to join a special interest affiliate that they that they that they find the person that's find the person that's able to uh let them let them let them into the uh the, have a person that can handle getting all their information because it took me um it took me a while before i was able to before i was able to join the Library Users of America, and I had been wanting to join that for a few years and never heard back from anybody about joining. Oh, no. Affiliate. Is that so, still the situation? It is not. It is not. I am now. I am now a member. So I just, nice. wanted, just wanted to. Uh, Glad to have you. To, 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 to let you know. So thank you. Thank and you thank you, Jamaica. We appreciate it. Yeah. Very good. 
Uh, Miss Allison? No more raised hands right now, Mr. Paul. Hmm. What a surprise that is. Did, I thought we would have riled up a person or two. There's Deanna. Yeah. Hey, Deanna. You can unmute Deanna. There you go. Okay. Uh, if you if you ask me, I always have something to say about something. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that one of the things the special interest affiliates do is concentrate talent on a particular issue. Yep. Because when I was a fairly new member to ACB living in Oregon, there was quite a bit of stress between um, forming a new guide dog users group because we felt that oftentimes at events, the needs of a guide dog users were not being considered like, you know, uh, relief areas. <laughs> right. And the location of relief areas, if there were any, to the meeting rooms and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, things like that. And until we had a voice um, of our own that people could see there were a lot of us, um, just one person complaining here or there didn't get much attention. And the same applied to mobility impaired. I remember when first started seeing people using walkers and wheelchairs, and God knows we're an aging group. And of course, it's not easy to use that kind of equipment when you're visually impaired. Or, remember, or when you're around a bunch of blind people, too. Yeah, who <laughs> run into you, whack you with their canes, and, and yep. zip around you, um, you know. In, yep. in, it's just, um, so th I think that one of the things I've noticed that the community has achieved is it's allowed people to meet people from all parts of the country with mm -hmm. all kinds of different um, people who are brand new to blindness, people who have been born blind, people who have multiple disabilities coming mm -hmm. in and finding a safe place to be. And that can only bring greater benefit to ACB as a whole, because then no one is made to feel as if their needs don't make sense and aren't. I remember being asked um, if I could sit with a man who was deafblind and I could not communicate with him with my hands, but I had, mm -hmm. you know, a braille note taker. So I typed on my note taker and he had his arms around my myself to put his hands on my keyboard because it was mm -hmm. the only way we could think of to include him in a particular meeting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things like that make us all grow and stretch and be more yep. empathetic. Yep. Um, I've started experiencing vertigo like Brian about mm -hmm. uh, mine was about four years ago. And it suddenly made me so terribly aware of people who have mobility challenges because yep. it's darn frustrating when you've had excellent balance coordination and echolocation and you've been able to bring your orientation skills come naturally to you mm -hmm. and see people that can't cross a room and end up where they mean to be um, and and 
not really understanding the complexity of their lives until I started right. you know, walking across my kitchen and instead of adding, ending up at the refrigerator, ending up at the stove and going, how did that happen? Who is shifting my, my appliances around in my kitchen? Um, things like that. Um, I'd only experienced the mild versions of that when I had a cold because it screwed mm-hmm. up my echolocation. Right. But, you know, I think that part of having special interest affiliates is so that people can meet with other people who are facing the same challenges and get good ideas on how to cope and how to, what tools work and what don't. And all of those things that make our lives easier come about when we talk to each other. And that's what specialist affiliates do for us. I think it does one other thing, and and you've experienced this yourself personally, is we were talking about um, Next Gen, Mm -hmm. and that what primarily got that group started, it's grown since then, but started, was this feeling of no opportunity to learn leadership and uh, exposed to leadership. And quite honestly, having all these special interest affiliates has given us a much bigger pool of experienced leaders for the national organization as well. Uh, I think that's a real important value that they that the uh, special interest affiliates bring. And, and a lot of the people who are who have gone on to leadership actually have been involved in special interest affiliates. So that's oh, a good point, Brian. Yep. That's, that's exactly kind of where I got my start was as a yep. guide dog user and getting the guide dog use group started in Oregon with Carol and, and some of the you know mm-hmm. ones that went to great lengths to get us all together at the beach with our guide dogs and and arranged for, for army tents yeah. to be set up by the National Guard mm-hmm. and um, Eagles Lodge people to come and cook for us and 4-H clubs to come and set up obstacle course and fun events for us. You know, nice. it was a lovely coalition of people that care about guide dogs mm-hmm. and yep. um, gave us greater visibility and, um, you know, and thus a new state affiliate was born out of the efforts of a handful. Yep. Absolutely. Good point. Absolutely. Miss Deanna, as always, wonderful points. Thank you very much. You are very welcome. Have a great evening. You too. Stick around. We're going to talk about holidays later. So, do we have anyone else? Yes, we do. Mr. Edwards, we have Michael Smitherman. I know him. (laughs) I I bet you do. You've seen one Smitherman, you've seen them all. Whoa, now. That, that, I beg to differ with you I do too. One. I, I do too. I do too. Well, you got the good looking one as your host, but uh, this is true. <laughs> uh, a lot special. better the than you do. Uh, well, yes, this is true. Yes, exactly. uh, now I forgot what I was going to say. Thanks. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, th- I think where we run into problems, especially at national convention, is that it it there seems to be not enough time uh, for ACB business. Uh, I don't if it's programming. Uh, a lot of uh, 
I don't get to participate since I'm in the exhibit hall, but mm-hmm. the special interest is, is crazy busy at convention, which is good. And I belong to two special interest groups now, which mm-hmm. is, uh, I, I don't belong to the Braille or the library, but you know, uh, <laughs> I probably should at least the library users. Yeah. But, but CCLVI, right? CCLVI and diabetics. Nice. And, uh, I'm glad that, uh, I'm a member of both, mm-hmm. but uh, sometimes I think we, we, as a, a special interest affiliates are very close minded sometime. And I think we need to broaden our and support more of what ACB does, you know, cause we meet monthly or three times a week on CCLVI and three times a week on uh, the diabetics, you know, uh-huh. so, uh, uh, sometimes I think we just spread ourselves really thin and mm-hmm. there are some good leaders in these, uh, special interest affiliates as well. Mm-hmm. My comments. I so think you make good points. Questions, questions for you though. See, I'm the questioner. Oh so, boy. Now. There's two important meetings happening at the same time. Which one you go into? This one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, uh, again, yeah, DRL and, and Lua were holding events at the National Convention at the same time, I'd be forced to make a decision one way or the other. Uh, I and truly no, understand. There's not enough hours in the day, in a half a day, five days, to get all that in. Um, And one of the things that both BRL and Lua have made a real point in doing is to hold joint activities. When there's crossover issues, like, you know, Braille from the National Library Service. Well, that's both a Lua issue and a BRL issue, of course. Right. So we make sure that we share programs in that regard. And that also deals with that bad issue that we've had prior to COVID and I think accentuated as a result of COVID of having special interest affiliate activities at the convention that are so poorly attended uh, because they're conflicting and they have membership that crosses, uh, not just crosses the aisle, but you know, crosses the checkerboard. Yeah. And of course now CCLVI for the last couple of years has had programming with next gen. Yes. Right. During convention, which mm-hmm. yes, we've done it with uh, BRL. I'm saying Lewis done it with BRL, but we've also done it with teachers. We've done it with students. Um, uh, and, um, friends in art and friends in art as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So oh, that's you know, I, I think that, that more of that is what I'm looking for. When I say I don't want it to be an us or them situation within the organization. But um, I think that I, I think that one of the issues with special interest affiliates is it, before COVID came along, special interest affiliates were primarily um, involved. Um, at convention time and between conventions, they didn't do an awful lot. And that's most of the time. Um, now, if special interest affiliates tried to survive, 
with what they do at conventions, they'd all fail. Um, I agree with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No question. No question. This is a new age we're in right yep. now. You, totally well, well, you know, I, I this meeting. With, excuse me, Larry. That's all right. That's okay, uh, Mike. Go ahead. Uh, with this meeting platform, there's no reason not to. I mean, yeah. you know, well, it'd be nice to be in person at, at everything, but that's not doable. It's not mm-hmm. affordable, and it just doesn't make good sense sometimes. I, uh, but the last couple of years, I've had to really struggle with this because, especially this year, because. Now, I work for ACB part-time, so that work took precedence. But I also had information access, and I also had ACBDA stuff almost at the same time on Saturday afternoon. And I thought, well, what in the world am I going to do? And, and that wasn't a problem several years ago, you know, because yep. things were spread out. Now it's like, well, what do I te- attend, and how do I fix it so that I don't hurt somebody's feelings? Yes. And I guess I figured out that if I have to work, that takes precedence. But if I'm involved with something where I'm either emceeing something or doing something specifically, then that's going to have to take precedence over something else where I'm just there to attend. I don't know any other way to do that. Well, you know, Except not you be involved. That's it. Exhibit hall. Yep. That was yep, my exactly. forethought. And Allison said, no, don't do that. He'll never get anything work done. So. That's probably true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I will tell you that you know that all of those things are real to people. They really are. Yes, they are. um, For us, uh, I honestly think that uh, if I wasn't afraid of what would get into it, I'd be in favor of some form of constitutional convention where we really take a look at how the Constitution was designed in large part for a different world than we currently live in. And making small changes, uh, you know, you try to change this, but before you do that, you got to change this other thing. And before you do that, you have to change this other thing. You know, there are some big fundamental issues like, and you've heard me say it like 17 times tonight, one person, one vote. Well, now, with, the conven- with people being able to attend the convention virtually, um, is the concept of the affiliate vote still valid? Um, and I, I can't honestly tell you that it is or isn't. Uh, I can see the arguments on both sides, but primarily, that is such a fundamental change that anybody with a telephone can access the national convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree with you now. It, it, as far as the delegate vote for either the, the states or the special interest, uh, I voted different than my delegate voted with our mm-hmm. votes every mm-hmm. time this year. So which is <laughs> yeah. no, not a great surprise, but you know, is it relevant? You know, but the, the whole idea of those affiliate votes was so that the people who couldn't come could be represented by right. their delegates. And is, is that still the case? Have we because, reached a point where well, we need to rethink that way of balancing things out? Yeah. Uh, 
I I think uh, I I think we're on opposite sides of the fence here, but it may be going a little beyond our topic for tonight. So we may come back to that. Um, I think what I was going to say uh, is is that no matter what, once we were doing conventions that were entirely um, remote, um, I I think. I think everybody kind of had an equal chance of success, but once we got back together this year in a hybrid convention, I think there were some issues that came up that, that uh, at, at least leave me with some pretty serious questions because in the afternoon when there isn't a, um, a, a meeting of ACB, um, there are so many things going on. There's so much competition for people's time um that uh, that i think an uh, acb is eventually i think gonna have to make a decision i mean i i would hate to see us go back to the go to the situation that nfb operates with though we're sort of halfway there where they say that you know once once there are meetings going on other stuff gets shut down um but there sure are a lot of things that are going on when meetings are that compete with them. Yeah, and, you know, and we have a general policy. I say policy because it's, it's one of those things that uh, for sake of flexibility uh, of one form or another has, I don't like the word violated, but uh, an exception was granted for a given thing. For example, the tour to the, was it Malcolm X? Mm -hmm. uh, was in direct conflict with elections at the convention. Mm -hmm. How, how, how was that exemption granted? So yeah, it's a, it's a case in point. But I don't mm -hmm. think that you can separate the idea of the affiliate votes from what is happening or has happened over the years in ACB with respect to special interest affiliates. I think that it's a fundamental rework that needs to be looked at seriously in that. Um, you know, the, the idea of hybrid complicated things immensely, don't you think, Paul? I do. Uh, you know, if it was all virtual or all face-to-face, -face, at least uh, those who are engaged in the convention could be on relatively equal footing. But I don't think that, that those who were present felt that they were on equal footing with those online or vice versa. Uh, there were a lot of us who felt like ACB did everything they could this year um, to to discourage people from coming. Right. And there were um, a lot of us online uh, with our hands raised to speak on an issue, but trying to be fair, the chair was going between online and in the room, online and in the room. When the online outnumbered the people in the room at least two to one, maybe three to one. 
So if everybody was going to have an equal chance to speak on an issue, then it shouldn't have been online, in person, online, and in person. Does that make sense? That it 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 does. Um, I have no solution to it. I only have. I'm just throwing out problems. <laughs> it it does, but I think I think one of the one of the interesting differences is if we go back to the pre COVID era, when when somebody wanted to speak, there are a series of microphones located uh, around. Um, the hall, mm-hmm. and once somebody got to those to those mics, at the time when speeches were about to be allowed, or or when speaking on an issue was about to be allowed, you could actually get your your name in and recognized and get put on a list pretty easily. Um, I I it. it I think maybe once in, in all the times that I've tried to speak, um, did I, was I not able to, but, and, and that was because I, I didn't get up until late. So, so I was in this huge line in front of a mic, but, but every time that I got there early enough and, and, and made an effort to be there when I was supposed to be there, um, I, I would, I would have every chance of being able to speak. Um, that, that was certainly not the case, um, once we went to, to totally online, um, uh, that was, that was a pure crapshoot really. And of course there was also, I felt, um, more involvement with people online speaking, the same individuals speaking on virtually every resolution yes i mean it was the convention silly it was it was pretty silly in that and regard. And, and that again, would we, and that would never have been allowed in, in at a at an in-person convention it just wouldn't because no. people wouldn't have stood for it and it never did happen at in-person conventions it just didn't you know whoever was chairing it, it would would <clears throat> would essentially said you know I'll, I'll put your name down but you've had an opportunity to speak several times this afternoon so um so we're gonna let other people who haven't had a chance speak and and that was that was generally the attitude that we took yep absolutely so special interest affiliates michael are you still around yeah he's gone still oh you are okay so yeah so what impact have special interest affiliates had on your domain uh, of the exhibit, I miss every. I still, I, I miss everything that's does because I'm in the sure. exhibit hall. But they but, also are in the exhibit hall uh, as exhibitors, are they not? No, they they did not do uh, either the exhibit hall or marketplace this year with limited person people at the convention. Gotcha. And so, but I'm saying uh, over the years. Over, oh, the over the years, uh, CCLVI is has done some, uh, especially ACBDA. Uh, they've right, done, yeah. you know, several. Friends and, and art, too. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting. And uh, Arlo, and I can't remember his wife's name, was the artist that you were thinking about, yeah, I think, from Iowa. Right. Yeah, Monty. please. Yeah. 
Um, oh, nice. What is her name? Nellie. It's an, it begins with an N. That's yeah, awful. No, well, it's terrible. As we get older, it's hard to remember. <laughs> There's more to remember. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, I forgot most of it. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I remember is before GDUI took its um, merchandise uh, into a GDUI suite, they used to have a table uh, in the exhibit hall that they yeah. would sell their goods and, and the like yes. at. Um, let's see, what other affiliates? And, and uh, I wish we could get GUDI or whatever it's called, and I'll probably catch crap for this one, but I wish <laughs> that we could get them back in the exhibit hall. I mean, yep. that's where you can see people. Yep. And so, uh, and I understand, uh, ACBDA and CCLVI this year, cause we didn't have that many people that belong to the affiliate there uh -huh. for whatever yeah. reason. I, I think y'all hit it on the nail. You know, it really would talk down to coming. <laughs> that was, uh, the downside of it. Uh, yeah. was, and what, what was the busiest time of the day for you in the exhibit hall? this year probably was the best year we've had the numbers mm -hmm. weren't there but mm -hmm. nobody had a really an hour that they didn't see somebody it mm -hmm. was really uh spread out pretty good yeah uh -huh. mm -hmm. gotcha. now we've had some uh, several comments about things we ought to do but um some of them are not feasible but you know Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it was, it, it was really smooth this year and mm -hmm. we had a good, the, the whole thing pulled off pretty good. And Allison, uh, Allison uh, stood me up on Saturday because, you know, she had to go play. Well, you insisted <laughs> that I go play. So. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't going to tell that. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you, did you find yourselves just about as busy when meetings are going on in the afternoon as, as you were, say, between 11 and 1? Yeah. Yeah. See? You know, as you very well know, there, there are people that come just for the exhibits. Yep. There are people that come for them tours. Yes, and exactly And then there's right. the diehard conventioner that's going to come the special interest stuff mm -hmm. or any other kind of meeting that they can learn something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. I know what, what Mike now belongs to. How about you, Allison? I'm actually, I'm a member of the same, the same two groups, uh, CCLVI and ACBDA. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right now. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and kind of uh, what got me into them and, uh, I probably should have joined groups sooner, but, uh, the community calls kind of, uh, kind of um, yep. brought me in um because yep. i got to in attend they were open to anybody that wanted to come and so uh i just and i really appreciate them a lot more and have enjoyed being a part of it of both groups yeah uh, and and both lou and brl have grown um since mm -hmm. community calls started um you know we we yeah, actually absolutely. have yeah yep absolutely. whereas most state affiliates have actually shrunk I I don't know of one that's grown. No, uh, I don't think there is I, one. 
<laughs> I think we're you know? we're really down here in Mississippi, but you yep. know, it is what it is. You know, well, I remember. Oh, well, go ahead, Paul. I I remember, and I bet you do too, Michael. Um, say twenty years ago, when there were what maybe eight or ten state affiliates who had twenty five votes. Yes. Uh huh. Uh, when California, I started coming right, right, it was always yeah. you know, Florida, Illinois, Florida. Utah, Oklahoma, hey, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yep. And some of them don't have but three now or two. Pennsylvania, yeah. I think, had 25 for a while. Oh, yeah, yes, they did. True. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's amazing. Washington State got up there, too. I don't know whether they, did. they ever hit 25, yeah. but they got awfully close. They, they did. But and I can see the growth of the special interests because it gives you something to focus focus mm-hmm. on that interests you. Yeah, I like low vision stuff, mm-hmm. and since being a diabetic, I'm very much interested. They talk way above my head, but that's okay. <laughs> I learn something most every time that I go. Yeah, I mean, I've I, I've been impressed with with the, with the kind of a good job that that diabetics has done in terms of growing. And I think particularly over the past couple of years, they've really done well. And you know, that, and that, yeah, their leadership's pretty good. I'm impressed. Well, i tell you what, don't get around them very close. Call him, <laughs> he will trip you with a cane. <laughs> I believe now, that. you must be talking about Tom, because I would never do that to you, Michael. I know you wouldn't, but he... <laughs> but he now that you've, you've made me think about it, so we'll see what happens next year. <laughs> oh, no. I, I won't see you during convention this. <laughs> so, I, tell you I, what, I mentioned so. earlier about how some committees have turned into affiliates, mm-hmm. and one that I wonder how much longer they're going to feel effective simply as a committee, and that's SASE. Uh, the whole idea of the difficulties they've had at convention relative to access to, um, you know, the the whole. Uh, audio system for them um right up including the banquet you know i i can see where their issues don't always get what they need to get uh, yeah i'm not i'm not pre- i'm not predicting that they will that they'll become an affiliate though i don't think it'll happen as a result of i i think i think they're happier well, I think they're happier as a committee, and I think there are a lot of entities that 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 are better off as committees, frankly, because I think I think they they have the potential of more power. Once you become a special interest affiliate, then then you've got to build up your own treasury, you've got to find your own money. Whereas if you're committees, you you actually have the right to ask ACB for stuff, and often get it. Hmm. I wonder what when FIA became an affiliate, what was the driving reason to go from what they were to being an affiliate? Um, I I don't I don't know. Was it influence? 
No, I don't think so. I don't think so because they've they've they have seldom put say brought brought resolutions forward that I'm aware of. <clears throat> and um you know, they tend to have they de- tend to have lots of activities at convention but not many quote meetings unquote. So and that's that's not insulting. It's just saying that that they were much more interested in what they did, and in and in doing those things together, um, than they were in in making changes at the national level for for blind musicians, for instance, or for or for blind artists. Understood. It, now you know. Do, do you think we should have a an audio description of Philly, Brian? In my opinion, no. Yeah, I agree. No. Um, what do you think, Larry? Audio description affiliate? No. 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 Al- Allison? No, okay. sir. Mm-mm. Yeah. Now, what makes the <laughs> Michael? Audio uh, description affiliate? Nope. No. Yeah. What, well, what, what does make the difference? Purpose? Now, what makes the difference between that issue, if you will, and library users? Oh, library is much is much easier to access than audio description for one for one reason you know uh-huh. uh, you don't get audio description on everything on TV or oh at the movies but mm-hmm. there's nothing stopping you from getting a book from audio or through audible uh yep. the library or yeah. uh, that other pro uh, that I don't belong to, uh, and you know Bookshare. what? Uh, Books here, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So uh, you, I, you know, I agree with that, um, Brian. Why not for you? To to me, it's because there are some issues that, while they are important to a subgroup within the organization, there are other issues that. Uh, are fundamental to all members of ACB. And audio description is one of those all members um, have a vested interest in those uses. And I wouldn't want to spin off, if you will, uh, what we're doing in terms of the ADP, et cetera, et cetera, uh, into an organization that needs to elect presidents and and deal with treasuries and uh, uh, pound the pound the sand for members and that kind of stuff. I also think, quite honestly, that the vast majority of such an affiliate would be made up of people who are already members of the organization. Um, maybe not. Maybe not. Not. I mean, it, it. That that sort of goes against the arguments in favor of things like the audio description gala, does it not? I don't think that it goes against it, quite honestly. You want me to get involved in discussing the gala? I'm going to have to sleep in this house tonight. <laughs> let's, let's move on. So, Larry, how, do how we come? have any other hands up? We no, somebody raise your hand. Brian's getting into dangerous territory here. <laughs> so, why not, why not audio description as a special interest affiliate, Mr. Larry? 
I think it works better as a larger as a large committee community uh, community committee committee. Yeah, I, uh, I think and, it really and, does. Yeah, and I think it can do and, some things that it can't do as a special right. affiliate. R- right. I and think, isn't that the I most important thing? Yes, it is. And I think that's <clears throat> I think that's that's exactly where I stand. I, I don't think I think there is there is actually just as much justification for an audio description affiliate, in my view, as there is for, say, library users or or um, BPI or CCLVI, because because there are specific issues that affect blind people that a group of interested individuals want to work on. But the committee structure and the ADP project or the AD project um, has, has been a really effective way of moving ACB forward in audio description. Um, and I, and, and I don't, I, I don't think they have any trouble getting ACB's attention with audio description. The only time I guess I would think about creating a, a special interest affiliate is if somehow I wasn't able to um, get some of the stuff that I wanted done because ACB was dragging its feet. And I, I don't see that happening. So it's interesting, but but we do all of us, and it's, it's an interesting point, we do all of us draw lines in the sand for organizations or for entities that we don't think should be special interest affiliates. So what about the one I started with at the beginning? Should should we have, um, as Jamaica thinks we should, should we create a special organization for totally blind folks, Brian? So um, my answer to that is no. Um, yep. And pri- primarily because... And my CCLVI buddies are going to kill me for this. Oh. I've never, never, never mm. interpreted the word blind as meaning lights out. I've argued right. this all my life. Yeah. Most blind people are not totally blind. That is Hollywood. That is not reality. And rather than changing the names around to protect the guilty, I just call my friend whose low vision is legally blind, and rather than trying to explain what that means, they're blind. And trying to differentiate more than that, I think it would be harmful. So statistics seem to suggest that only 10% of blind people are totally blind, though that surprises me, actually, I, because it, would, it almost seems like it's more. But that's what they say. And, and if, yeah. that's, if, if that's accurate, then the poor totally blind people are the minority poor totally blind people. Um, and, and, um, yeah, absolutely true. And, and so we ought, to, we ought to set up a totally blind organization. But my answer is also no. Yours, Larry, do we need one? No, not at all. No. <laughs> not at all. Ms. Allison? I don't think so. Uh, I don't either. Michael, are you still with us? Do, you, do uh, we need uh, one? Uh, no, and I, th- I, I agree with Terry, what Terry said. We already got one. <laughs> yep, yep. <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's interesting. 
Um, however, um, it 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 is it is accurate that there are sometimes differences um, between the totally blind and um, and and the partially sighted in terms of of what issues they'd like to see us operating with. But I think we have a hand, Miss Allison. Yes, sir, we do. Uh, this is telephone number. Sorry, eight zero eight ending in zero seven zero. You may unmute. Hey, Allison, Paul. This is uh, Kenny in Hawaii. How you guys doing? Hi, good. Um, good. Hey, Kenny. Aloha. Um, Aloha. I, my question might be kind of weird, and I don't even know if you guys have ever uh, uh, tracked this or not. But um, when you have new members coming to ACB as new members, uh, not necessarily in the state, but maybe even in the state affiliate, how many, have you ever noticed how many people actually come to become ACB members because of the existence of a special interest group? And this is their interest. And they actually come to ACB because they're interested in that special affiliate and they become members because of that. Have you ever noticed that or tracked yeah. that? Yeah, we have. Um, Brian, you want to go first? Nope, go for it. Okay. Um, when, when, exactly. When, um, when, when special interest affiliates first started to come along, um, they were they were being promoted primarily by a guy called um, Derwood McDaniel, who we talked about at the beginning of the program, and uh, he encouraged. Um, the formation of special interest affiliates because he thought there were a lot of blind people who didn't care much about um, getting involved in an organization in their states, but but who would care a lot about having organizations <clears throat> that could help them in their profession and that kind of thing. So I don't I don't know if I have ever seen specific statistics. Um, that talk about how effective special interest affiliates were in attracting new members. Because I think that for the most part, um, and, and I, I'll certainly let Brian and Michael um, comment on this, but I think for the most part in those days, when we were starting special interest affiliates, 95 or 100% of our members tended to come <clears throat> From, from folks who were already state affiliate members. And a lot of the joining that happened actually happened at the convention. And so um, you'd have special interest affiliate people going all over the convention um, trying to, in effect, encourage membership. And, and virtually all of the members of the early special interest affiliates tended to be uh, folks who were members of state affiliates as well. Um, Brian, do you agree with that? Yeah. Um, however, um, again, it depends <coughs> on how the value you have to individuals versus members. Meaning, yep. um, if if ACB were to say we have fifty thousand members, is it fifty thousand members or fifty thousand individuals? It's like hits 
to the website versus somebody who came and stayed uh, at that website. Uh, it's, it's really awkward. I would say right now, my impression is that most members of special interest affiliates are also members of state affiliates, most. What that percentage is above 51%, I have no clue. And one of the things Paul and I attempted to do during Paul's uh, presidency was to try to tr start gathering statistics mm -hmm. so that we'd be informed rather than everything being, it was my impression. It would actually right. be real numbers, right? So I think it still would be in ACB's best interest to really invest some time and energy and if necessary money into looking over our membership records over the years so we can see real trends like that. Uh, yeah, but the, the I other think thing it would make us a stronger organization when it came to what emphasis are we going to put in to membership development? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, the other thing I guess that, that I would add is if I, I think there are a lot of folks like like us who are members of at least two special interest affiliates. I guess I'm a member of four, um, four or five. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and 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 I'm a member of of those as well as being a member of a couple of state affiliates and a few local chapters. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but you know, by the time it's over, you're, 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 you're actually paying dues for seven or eight organizations, um, every year. Um, and, and, and really don't, don't get very much, very much back for, for all that in terms of, in terms of voting or democracy or other things like that. So it's interesting. Well, you know, here you were talking earlier about special interest chapters within uh, a state. Right. You know, library users of Kentucky or, mm -hmm. or CCLVI of Florida, whatever. Um, here in Massachusetts, we have two special interest affiliates. And they are full-blown chapters of our organization. So when you join Guide Dog Users of Massachusetts, you are, you are joining both the Massachusetts affiliate and Guide Dog Users Incorporated. Yep. Uh, and the state <clears throat> chooses to make sure that there's not too much pain over and over again for having dual affiliation. So if you're a member that's, of the that's nice. Watertown chapter yeah. and the guide dog users, you only pay state dues once. That's once. nice. I, you know, other, other state affiliates don't have it organized nope. nearly that appropriately. We do the same thing with our student group. Yep. Um, same <laughs> reason. So it, it drives our treasurer mad, but that's okay. I'm not here to keep him sane. So, gentlemen from Hawaii, did we answer your question, or do you, or do you have some clarification you'd like to give us? If you're still there. No, you, de Guess. you definitely answered my question. I was, I was just curious. I, 
I know that, that most of the affiliates are made up from existing members already. I'm just curious, mm-hmm. have you ever seen that fact or not? Yeah, you totally answered Definitely. Yep. Very good. Very good. Thank, you. Things, Thank you for calling in. In the islands. Everything is fine. We were pretty hot there for a while, up to 93 or whatever, and now we got a nice cool breeze. Everything is nice. Brian, I remember seeing you here at um, our state convention back when Kim was president. Uh, I remember seeing Paul in Vegas. Yeah. I think exactly. I saw you in Vegas, Paul, when you, yeah. Because yeah. uh, Chris Gray was president. He was right after you and I. I think I saw yes. you there. But yeah, very interesting uh, topic tonight. You guys do a great job. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you. Take care now, my friend. You wouldn't yep. recognize me. You I, I had to give away <laughs> all my Aloha shirts because they were too big. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> Very good. All right. Any all other right. hands? Uh, not seeing any hands right now. Okay. Well, um, anybody who's listening would like to, to jump in with a couple of comments. That will be fine. Looks as though we're going to postpone our other topic till next week. So we'll what add a surprise s- that is, huh? <laughs> oh, now ah, we have a raised hand. We have a raised hand. There we go. Yes, uh, 954 ending in 185. You may unmute. Somebody in Broward County. Well, they lowered their hand. Oh, now they're, well, okay. Hi, I'm sorry. I, I slowed hey. you are inadvertently. Okay. Hey, Mr. Ginger, how are you? Good, Paul. How are you? I am excellent. Yeah, I want to chime in on this special interest affiliate. Should FACP go with it or not with CCTB? Uh, Mm -hmm. I am a member of both BRLF, Brave Revival League of Florida, Mm -hmm. and Concerns, Coalition for the Concerns of the Totally Blind. And the perspective I come from is this. Number one, I lost my sight in 2013, but prior to that, I had limited usable vision. So I've seen both worlds, mm-hmm. and whether it be legally blind or total. And I'm telling you, for me personally, I feel like since I've lost my sight, I'm treated differently uh, because of that. For instance, you go to your doctor, they want to know where your spouse is to help you. Uh, number two, if you go to a restaurant, sometimes instead of asking me what I want, they'll ask my spouse. And when I was a partial, I never had that experience. So I think, and with CCTB, we have about 24 members. BRLF's roughly 26. So there is an audience out there for, for CCTB on a state level. I think it might be something to explore on the, on a national level. You might be surprised. I might. I might. I, we actually appreciate that, um, Delore. Thank you very much for, for calling in. Um, <laughs> do, do, the, the question that people would probably ask you is, if, if you raise some of these issues with FCB rather than with CCTB, uh, don't you think FCB would, would, would be interested in trying to deal with them? Oh, I'm sure they would. I mean, yeah, I, I would agree there. And I think these are problems all of us have felt who can't sure. see, you know, yeah. and, it, and, and obviously transportation <laughs> down here is another 
who has, as you know, Paul, you're working on trying to get uh, shared rights here throughout the state, which is a, I am. a good thing. Yep. Yep. You know, you know the the kinds of things you're describing, absolutely. Uh, that that's been true in my life as well as a totally blind person. I would say, um, you know, both Terry and Mike have said there is an organization of blind people. It's called ACB. Um, but uh, there's an organization that includes quite a large number of partially sighted people. And it's called ACB. So what makes one different than the other? There are unique things to being a totally blind person. There's unique things to being a partially sighted. Of course, yeah. I mean, I'm not disputing Absolutely. That. No, no. You and I are agreeing on this. Absolutely. There are differences. The question would be then, wouldn't it? Um, one would either qualify by vision for one affiliate or the other affiliate. But they mm -hmm. don't both be members of the national organization. So I don't think there's anything intrinsic about a group for the totally blind, although I tend to use the word functionally blind uh, because people who have light perception uh, right. aren't considered totally blind, but they absolutely have to function as a totally blind person. Uh, so, but, you know, my problem is how many times can you cut the pie before yeah. nobody gets a piece worth having? You know, I have a, uh, you know, you were talking earlier tonight about v the voting situation. And if I can make a comment on that, is that okay, Paul? Mm -hmm. Of course it is. Please. Um, in 2021 was my first time I went to the con ACB convention and I did it virtually. Um, and I was surprised by the fact, in fact, I voted with my affiliate, but I never voted uh, individually because I wasn't mm -hmm. sure I was allowed to. And then this year I did it both, you know, with the affiliate, within, which was FCB, and personally. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you're concerned about one person, one vote, that's a good, good concern. Would it be something to explore to say to an individual voter? Choose either one, but not both. Well, uh, well I don't see how you could do that. Yeah. Let, let's. So the argument is for your affiliate to have one vote, they have to have twenty-five members. So your vote, your individual vote, is worth as much when you cast it as 25 people that your affiliate right, has right, in membership. Right. So that's like 1 25th of a vote. I, I, you have more power with the individual vote than you do with the affiliate vote uh, as a result of that. Uh, I do think there's been talk of saying, all right, so if we have to have a system with delegate voting, then ought an individual who belongs to multiple affiliates have to declare which is their primary affiliate. <laughs> yeah, I was going to suggest that too, yeah. You, the, you, know, you know, that is, that's what happens in Florida, Brian. That's exactly I right. understand. I understand. And that, 
that, you know, how do I put it? The other, the other thing is um, in the state of Alaska, they do a different kind of voting in the state where the person, how do I put it? There's a distribution of votes where um, individuals who get the most number one votes has a total, and those who get the most number two votes get half a vote as a result of that. Interesting. So that uh, it's proportional voting. It, that way, you're not you're not going to get your well. The goal, anyway, is to make sure that you don't get a situation where it's in either you vote for the right guy or you lose. You can vote vote for somebody who didn't get 51% of the vote, but got 49% of the level one vote and 80% of the level two vote. And they would outdo the one who got 51% of the one vote. It's a bizarre scenario. So, when we talk about elections, you know, you can you can open a real can of worms yeah. trying to figure out how to do that. It's, it's not well, easy. And, and I and, think and simplifying and, it is the goal. Right. But, Delore, you, you actually had a third opportunity to vote both this year and last year, and that was with BRL. Yeah, that's, I, that's right. You're right. Yes, and 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 did that make a difference? And did you feel comfortable voting with as the VRL affiliate person? <clears throat> well, I think I voted all three ways. I think yep. I remember. Yeah, yep. um, you know, I was just bringing it up. I think because one of the members of the panel brought up, you know, one person, one vote, and mm-hmm. that's what popped into my mind. But yep. I think the other idea, what might even be better is um, primary members. You know, as you know, we have that in Florida and it seems to work fairly well or pretty well, I guess. Well, d- depends, d- depends who you talk to. I mean, if, 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 I could, if, if I could do away with it, I would. <clears throat> um, but I'm, I'm not going to be likely to. But if I could, I would. Because I think it, it for example, um, uh, disadvantages an organization like BRLF, which which you're president of, because right. if let's let's make the assumption that we have 26 members. So if if you're going to vote in in an election, you you're entitled to two delegates. Um, but how many primary members does BRLF have? We have, I think it's just three. Exactly, out of out of twenty six. So, if, if has four. So, but and and if they don't happen to be at the convention itself, then you guys can't vote. Right, right. So, I mean, that's yeah. that's at least one of the disadvantages of of this whole primary and secondary membership, which looks like yeah. a good idea on the face of it. Right. It's not going to. It's not an easy. Um, Problem to solve. Easy I mean, problem to solve. No, especially when you have a hybrid, hybrid situation, hybrid convention situation. Convention. Yep, I where, agree with that. If, if you're meeting in person only, it's much easier to control. Well, I think two years from now, by the time we get there in Florida, delegates are going to be allowed to be 
at home as well as at the convention, which is going to make a huge difference, I think, if if we're still using the same kind of election system then. We'll have to I see. thought the ACB phone system was a real, real nice way. It worked very, very well, and it was easy to use. But I understand it's pretty expensive to do. So, I, uh, online elections. Yeah. On, yeah. The, right. We call in and, and put, you know, right. punch in your choice. Yeah. And, it's. It's not. It wouldn't. It probably wouldn't be horrid. I mean, FCB could certainly afford it. We have enough money to do it if we chose to do it that way. Um, I, I don't think. I don't think we will, <clears throat> because right now, um, because because only delegates are voting. There are probably only what thirty or forty people taking part in the election period. Yeah, but how so, about voting like for re- for resolutions and things? Oh um, gosh, the whole con- the whole convention can vote. Sure, but I I don't I don't think we'll ever get to a place either at 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 ACB or at um, at FCB where we'll do that for every resolution. Do you, Brian? No, it, it's true that it would be financially significant cost yep. to do that. It would also be a logistical problem for timing reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it would, but but yeah, again, we, you yeah, can change. We want to vote on twenty six. <laughs> no, thank you very much. So the other thing, of course, is uh, we're all basing this on the current way we're transitioning from one way of doing business to another. Yeah, and in transitioning, you've got to adjust several things, not just one thing to pull something off. So could we, as they do in uh, some organizations, resolutions would be published and a ballot would be made available and individuals could either vote yes or no without, without the chance to amend, if you will, from the floor. You could debate it, online but you couldn't amend it from the floor and And then you could stretch that over weeks not days right and you have the chance to amend it during um the committee during the committee process so it's not that we're taking that away from members right right so it it gets to be really interesting one of the other things about special interest affiliates that i wanted to make sure we said tonight is uh, you mentioned earlier that you don't remember FIA ever bringing a resolution to the ACB convention floor. I don't remember. I don't uh, either. I do not recall one. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. I just don't recall it. But how many years did we get hit with five or more resolutions from RSVA? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yes. This whole practice of an, a special interest affiliate passing resolutions in the first half of the week when it was all special interest affiliates. And then it comes to the floor in the second half of the week at ACB uh, allowed more time for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Now, when did BRL pass its resolutions as a special interest affiliate? Um, we we passed them essentially the week before the convention. 
Um, but right. we had they had actually been considered by the resolutions committee before that. So mm-hmm. the the only folks who got to consider the resolutions that BRL actually submitted, and we submitted four this year, um, were the board of the Borough of Ivy League. Now we hold open board meetings, so there are quite a few people there. But but the point that I'm making is the point that you're making, um, which which is that. Uh, at least as things stand in the future, it's going to be much harder um, for resolutions to be developed and, and implemented by special interest affiliates. It'll certainly never happen at the convention anymore. Exactly. You're going to have to set up a system by which your membership can basically have their affiliate convention online. Mm-hmm. To go through any resolutions, you know, it might be it'll be a, I think, a limited purpose online convention mm-hmm. to debate and adopt any resolution that should be considered potentially by the national organization. You wouldn't, you know, have such an effort if it was about state funding of your rehab agency, for example. That you would never. Th- pass on to the national organization. Um, But special interest affiliates are supposed to be interested in things nationwide. Correct. So this this becomes a a significant aspect of having special interest affiliates be such an important part of ACB. Yep. I I agree. So, all right. So, Larry, final thought from you? I thought this was a fascinating program. I learned a lot about affiliates, especially that I didn't know about, and a lot of other compelling arguments for and against. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Miss Allison, final comments? No, same with me. It's been a, quite a good learning experience tonight, and I'm glad I was able to be here. Mr. Bryan? I would say I'm as indecisive now as I was before <laughs> we got started, to be honest with you. Because it's not a quick fix. It's not a simple fix. But I still feel the need that something needs to be fixed. Um, Because I do worry about this identifying us versus them. The partial versus the total. The guide dog user versus the cane user. uh, (laughs) If you will. The heterosexual versus the homosexual. Whatever. The us-them that's absolutely driving our whole nation crazy has the potential to do the same thing within ACB. And we need to be putting some serious effort toward keeping that from happening. Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate everybody who turned up tonight and who was a part of our discussion. Um, I hope everybody will turn up next week when we'll get an opportunity to talk about holidays as one of our topics. But I think I will add a second one, and and maybe we will actually do a little bit more discussion as to whether um, as to whether there is value um, in in having um, an organization of the partially sighted, an organization of totally blind. We may have we may have discussed it enough. We'll I'll I'll, I'll confer with my other folks, but in the meantime. We appreciate everyone having been here this evening. 
um, like everybody else, I don't have answers where special interest affiliates are concerned. And like Brian, I continue to think that it is still an unfinished issue, one that we still need to spend some more time working on. And I hope that you guys will help us to do that. Good night.